Welcome to the Fitz Group Podcast for its members and our community at large. Our desire is to create a connection with our audience, communicate through seasons of transition, and empower you to make your business all you dreamed it would be. Join us now for the next episode of the story that will be told with our hosts, Fitz and Heather. We do what we do to help people be successful. Mm. But there's many reasons why people are successful and many reasons why people fail. Clearly, just the lack of activity is one of the main reasons that people fail. I mean, if you don't make dials, if you don't do the work, if you don't make the investment, um, you can't ever make a sale and have success. But a lot of times there's underlying emotional issues that are keeping us from the activity. Mm. There's something that we believe inside of us, deep down inside, and that belief is producing a certain type of action or inactivity um, inside of us. So we're gonna talk a little bit today about how to identify those emotional entanglements Um, that may be holding you back from being successful. Uh, One of my favorite stories to tell about this for myself is um, when we first moved here uh, from North Carolina to Texas, it was back in 99. The vision was at the time, this is is how Fitz sold it to me. (laughs) The vision was we're gonna move out there for six months, we're gonna find a few agents and we're gonna move back. Which sounded great to me because all of my friends, all of my family were all in North Carolina. Well, it didn't take me long before I realized after moving out to Texas that we were not going back, definitely not within six months. Um, But I still had a dream in the back of my heart. I mean, we hadn't started a family. We hadn't bought a home. I still envisioned every time we go back to North Carolina, I'd think, oh, it's so beautiful here. And I still envisioned us there long term. And so we were here, and you've heard us talk about in other podcasts, the first few years here was just a lot of very tough learning lessons. It was that hard learning curve where um, we were doing a lot of investing and not getting a lot of return. And uh, I remember being very depressed. I remember um, really struggling. And uh, we had joined a church at the time, and the church seemed like every Sunday was like, giving us, it was, we always would just joke about how like, wow, how did, how did that pastor know what was going on in our life Mm -hmm. that week? Um, And that gave us a lot of life and inspiration. Uh, But I think I really connect to the moment. I can remember a very specific moment where I just really had to accept that we were not going back to North Carolina. And I had to let that go because up to that point, it was like I was straddling this line emotionally. I wasn't fully in, but I wasn't fully out. Obviously, clearly we were living in Dallas and I wasn't telling, I wasn't telling Alec, oh, we have to go back home on a regular basis. I wasn't telling him, oh, this business won't work. But something inside of me was still holding back because I just wasn't fully in, because I still envisioned our lives in North Carolina. And I think when I finally accepted, okay, we're not going back, is when I could finally fully commit myself to the business. And coincidentally, it's all part of like 
that um, convergence in our life that took us to that season to where we could finally uh, experience growth from from biz from um, self-employment into business ownership those went hand in hand when I part of the, the journey or the story I'm telling you was part of that transition when I let go emotionally to the dream of living in North Carolina and it's so interesting now because after I did that and I made that choice and that decision now we go home to North Carolina and I can appreciate its beauty I can appreciate seeing family and friends but now Texas is home yeah and I really can't imagine living anywhere else but these types of emotional entanglements are really common and they come in all different types of forms and so we want to take just a few minutes talking to you about some of the things that we've either personally gone through um, or seen in other people's lives to see if we can't help you identify some emotional entanglements that might be keeping you from the success that you could have uh, so we're going to start talking about that a little bit today yeah. one of the big ones is just dissenting voices people who just simply do not agree with you chasing after the dream of business ownership and you know that there's that right the, the dissenting voice of the one who's obviously against uh where you are going and and that you're doing something different than them and there's there's some some dissenting voices that are like that there's other dissenting voices that um are trying to protect you mm -hmm. is more often than not what i've found most people most people really want what's best for everybody, right? Everybody, most people are like that. Most people at the core of them are good. But, but listen, when we first got started in the insurance business back in 99, you know, I sold for like two months in North Carolina and then we picked up everything and moved to Texas. Mm -hmm. And one of the dissenting voices back then was your parents. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And your parents don't hate you. Mm -mm. They, they mostly liked me. <laughs> 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 I mean, her, I got great in-laws. They, 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 they cared. I mean, I remember your father saying, "Father, engineer, MBA, long, healthy career in 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 life." And he's like, "You've been doing this for two months, and mm -hmm. you're moving halfway across the country without any training on what you're about to do, and you're going to go start an agency. There's not some company that's going to get you an office and do all these. You know, he's going through his MBA checklist of how a business should go, mm -hmm. and he said, "You don't have any of that." He wasn't saying that because he was predicting our failure or that he wanted us to do something different. He was saying that because he was trying to protect us totally. from falling down. I'm, I, listen, I want my kid to learn to ride a bike. I don't, I, I prefer to wrap them up in bubble wrap while they're learning. I don't want to see them skin their knee, but, and, and that's out of love, right? Well, he was right about the risk. <laughs> he of, was totally right. He was right about the risk <laughs> of failure. Yeah. Because the risk of failure was incredibly high. And we, we, like we've talked about, we tasted a lot of failure. Mm. What we saw is that we really didn't have much to lose. I mean, we had the risk of tasting failure, yeah. which we tasted. Oh, yeah. But we didn't really have much to lose. We were young. We didn't really, we didn't have a family yet. We didn't, you know, there wasn't much established. But with our own out. kids now, I mean, I think about, oh, man, my oh kid my graduates college and gets married right away and moves half a country away from me. Right. Like, I, I'm positive. I'm going to say, don't do that. Here's what you're not thinking through. This is going to hurt, and this is going to hurt, and this is going to hurt. So those dissenting voices, you ultimately just have to kind of decide. They don't get to decide. Right. You know, and, and for me, it actually became a motivator and a driver. Like, I wasn't going to fail ultimately. 
because what it was going to mean was we were going to have to go back to North Carolina, probably move in with your parents. <laughs> and and my, that's that's the, the, the thing I put in my mind that I was fighting like crazy to avoid. I wasn't going to go back there mm-hmm. and have to admit that I was wrong and that he was right. And yes, in fact, I did just ruin your daughter's life. Like I wasn't I wasn't going to do that. And so that dissenting voice became a motivating voice to me. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, another uh, that we've seen, another emotional entanglement that we've seen is people who are just doing too much. They have too many irons in the fire and they're, they're doing them all fairly well, but, but because of that, they're not excelling at any of them necessarily. And so they, I got this going on. I got that going on. I, I can't jump on that conference call because I got to do this and I'm, I'm this and I'm that. And my, my, the way you get rid of those emotional entanglements there is you kind of just have to start letting some stuff go. That's right. There's other people in this world that can get stuff done other than you. And listen, I'm somebody that I had to realize that. <laughs> like, I, I just think I could, I, I, it depends on me, right? But you have to kind of let it go. You have to even, uh, and this is not just the, Maybe you're working a job and doing this too. I'm saying like, for me, some of those emotional entanglements just dawned on me right now we're talking was, was I love my spreadsheets. <laughs> I, love, I love my numbers. I love my spreadsheets. I love putting the numbers in and you know, the, the production would come in. I loved punching the numbers in the spreadsheet and seeing how people were doing. And man, that was hard to let go. And now that I've let it go and somebody on staff is actually doing it, I can't actually go back in my mind to, to wanting to do it again because it's been off my plate for so long I realized somebody else could actually do it. That was just one of those too many irons in the fire for me. I need to focus on the, the main thing, the, the highest return, rather than doing all these little things that I could, I could yeah. let somebody else do. Yeah, I, when I think of what is it that entangles me, too, too many, it's, it's I don't want to disappoint people. So mm. I'll work at everything to not disappoint someone in my life, but then I end up disappointing myself. And um, so, yeah, there's a pruning process and, a, and, a, and the people who really love you are going to love you when you choose to stand up for what you feel like is best for your life and your family. Yep. Um, and those that are going to make you feel guilty or try to control you are probably not the best influences or um, really friends or family in your life if they're trying to control you and manipulate you and don't want to pay attention to what is really a deep desire um, in your life. So, yeah, I think that, that, that sometimes we have to allow that pruning process so mm-hmm. that we can focus on the one thing we know we need to do and get rid of all those irons in the fire. Um, another one that we, re- the other one we wanted to talk about mm-hmm. is um, just self-doubt is a strong emotional entanglement. And I think it comes in two different forms. Some people, are very afraid of the failure, mm. but some people are strangely afraid of success. Yeah, I don't know what I'd do with all that money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and honestly, I mean, I think even, I can remember like before we had kids, we would have conversations and I would be afraid of like, well, how do you raise good kids when you have money? Like if you end up having a lot of money, that can be a fear or, um, you know, the fear of what your family, you know, around you. Sometimes people are afraid of their family members, what they are going to say if you've had success. Mm. Uh, but maybe you're also just sort of in a weird way. You're, there is sometimes people are so comfortable with themselves at a certain level mm. that they have an odd fear of actually being successful at something. Yeah. 
um, they have taken on this label of this is who I am and this is where I'm at and they um, are afraid of the growth process. So, but I think whether it's the fear of failure, which is also incredibly common, mm -hmm. this just sense of self-doubt and I, I don't know that I can do this. I, I just don't have what it takes to do this. Both of them, you know, come down to just a, a healthy self-confidence and self-worth. And um, th those are very real feelings or beliefs mm. about how you see yourself. And for some of you that are listening to this and you're saying, well, goodness, that's me. Like the, just the way I see myself and the doubt that I feel in myself keeps me from doing the activity that I know I want to do. Well, the first step to resolving that really is identifying that that is the problem and then seeking out podcasts, books, pastors, voices. Again, you've got the team around you here that are going to help you develop that sense of self-worth so that you can accomplish these things in life that you know will ultimately change your life for the better. Because when you develop uh, the when you go through the struggle of developing and deciding you like yourself mm. the way you are and who you are it's not only going to make you successful in developing a business mm. it's just going to make you more successful in your relationships as a father as a mother as a son daughter parent friend you just become a better person overall um so that's one of the big takeaways I want you to hear right now as we're talking to you about these emotional entanglements. I'm hoping that you're driving down the road or you know, listening to this podcast as you're exercising and you're identifying, yeah, that is something that is holding me back. Because the identifying process is the first step to overcoming it. So write it down and talk about it with a leader in your life or a friend and um, help change what you believe deep down inside because that's what's going to change your activity on a daily basis. Yeah, and I would say in my experience, I, I personally have not had those revelations when I'm just sitting there trying to think of the revelations. <laughs> you know, like I, I, I do sit and think and I do have planning times, but but really that, that self, I, I think of it kind of like self-absorbed, self-reflection. That's not normally when my revelations come out. My revelations come out while I'm moving forward. And so I hope that while you're doing that, don't, don't sit for, you know, the next three months and really focus on what are my emotional entanglements. That was a really good podcast. I've got, I've got to discover mine. I would encourage you to move. Yes. It'll come to you. They You'll see themselves. it. You'll be like. Oh, I yep. get it. And so one of the moves I would recommend that you make uh, is jumping on our, our monthly boot camp. We have a monthly boot camp. It's the second Tuesday of every month. You can go to thefitsgroup.org slash event registration and find the registration link there. Um, get signed up. It's designed for new agents, right? Mm -hmm. But how often have we heard an agent that's been with us 5, 10, 15 years say, I'm going to get back to the basics. Well, that's what we're covering. <laughs> so you don't have to necessarily be technically a new agent. You could just decide today, I'm going to learn again. I'm going to refresh my mind. And as you keep, continue moving forward with that, these emotional entanglements will come out at you. They will reveal themselves in their proper time. 
I think if all of a sudden today you're overwhelmed with 8,000 emotional entanglements that you have, it's going to feel really awful. And so uh, they will reveal themselves when, they, when they're supposed to, and, and then you can deal with them and move on. All right? Hey, now that you know, you know. Yeah.